0: That's all Jim Duggan. If you want to find out what's going on, check out Nostalgia Highway, right fellas? Right here you hole,
1: guys. To you from somewhere along the Ohio-West Virginia border, welcome, hitchhikers, to Nostalgia Highway. The movies you know from the guys you don't, or the no-frills movie review podcast, where we are not bringing to you Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990. Oh man. Yes, I know it's sad, and we're sorry, but you know that's what we promised on the previous episode. And, listeners, you may have also noticed that we didn't release on our typical rotation of Tuesdays also. Well, there's actually reason for all this nonsense, and none of it's bad, believe it or not. In fact, outside of a brief break that we're going to take after this show, it's all good reasons. It sounds like bullshit to me. It's our bullshit. We own it. (laughs) But we're not at liberty to say as much on this topic at the current time for the obvious confidential reasons, but we can assure you that we will not be skipping over Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or... Big Trouble in Little China as our next reuse for our Opposites Attract Month. We're just postponing them for the time being for one of those very good reasons that we are keeping from you, because secrets can be fun and cheeky, and maybe we're dicks. Sometimes they can be lame. They can be lame. Hopefully this isn't one of those times. (laughs) But tonight, what we are bringing to you is a hodgepodge, horseshit, random-as-fuck gap session of our segment we've recently added towards the end of our shows for 2021, just expanded as a full episode. We're going to talk about some current cinematic news dip our toes into some recent watches, and who knows what all else we'll get ourselves into. We're just tossing caution to the wind, letting our hair down. We are just want to have a good time with this and see where things take us. I'm your host, the Mayor Matt Logson, and joining me for episode 55 out here on the highway is my co-host who never met a Halloween 5 fan he didn't like. You goddamn right.
0: I'm Dave King of
1: the Road. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, like we said, we're we're going to kind of do things a little different here, and uh, we're not going to have just a specific movie we're going to review, and hell, honestly, I think most of the things we're going to talk about aren't movies, and uh, yeah, it's just going to be a hodgepodge, like I said. So we'll break this down into some segments, and we'll start off with some current news cinematically, and uh, one thing I've got here, it's not super hot off the presses, but it's still fairly recent. Rob Zombie, who is always a polarizing figure in music and cinema, mostly cinema, has been greenlit to remake the iconic TV show classic The Monsters as a full-length feature
0: movie. All right. I hope it's better than the Mockingbird Laden show that they rebooted with uh, in 2012. Never seen it. Heard had bad things. It. Oh man, terrible things. Yeah. yeah. It it only had a pilot. I don't think they filmed anything else. I-
1: I'll be honest. I mean, I feel like anytime you hear the name Rob zombie and movies are involved, <laughs> I mean, you, you're drawing a line in the sand with a lot of movie fans. You know, sure. there's obviously the people that are the dissenters that are just like everything. This guy makes is fucking shit, you know? And then there's the the, the groups that are, you know, like, Hey, you know what? It may not be all great, but I like what he does. You know, he has his own unique way. And I kind of feel like I'm more in line with that group, but I'm kind of moving into a gray area where it's like I'm kind of cautiously optimistic with some of his projects. And this is one of them, because obviously I I love the Adams family, you know, but growing up, I mean, I'm I'm team monsters all the way, you know, And I've always just, I love Fred Gwynn. I love Herman Munster. I just, I don't know. I like those characters better. And uh, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised one way or another if it took off or it flopped. But I know Rob Zombie is a massive Munsters fan. And I hope that he doesn't make it a shit show and treats it with the utmost respect it deserves. And I mean, and we've gotten a bunch of Adam's family reboots, reimaginings, et cetera. And I, I feel like it's high time we finally get something proper for Herman and company. Absolutely. So where are you at with this? I mean, are you excited? Are you like, fuck no? Are you pissed? I mean, because there's a lot um, of people. I mean, I'm just, I mean, I'm sure, you know, I mean, they, they just think like this is going to be like right off the cuff. It's going to be, you know, they're being super dismissive and this is going to be shit, and it's an abomination.
0: As long as Sherry Moon Zombie isn't cast as fucking Lily Munster, we're good. That's what
1: I've heard. That's what I've heard. I heard is she's really? going to be Lily, God and damn, Jeff I... Daniel Phillips is supposed to be Herman. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, that's, that's minus one, right off the top. Well, oh, come on, man. You knew Sherry Moon was not going to be not in this movie. Okay. Well, I mean, as long as he doesn't Try and make it serious. This needs to be a well, comedy first. Well, and that's
1: something I was wondering with this. Like, is this going to be family-friendly, like PG, maybe PG-13? Or, or is this going to be R? What do you think? I what are we going to get here?
0: I don't want I don't either. R, I don't either. I want PG-13. Zombie needs to impress me at this point. It's, it's all or nothing. He needs to come in strong with this. And I... Proper sense, like you said, I mean, treat it with respect. this is a comedy first, a family friendly comedy first, right if he wants to edge it up a little bit, that's okay, but don't go full rob zombie on this <laughs> you know
1: i I agree man like honestly i I'm kind of hoping for a little more edgy version of what we got from the nineties Adams family movies, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for that's fine with the Rob zombie spin,
0: you know, (laughs) that's all I'm worried about is the Rob zombie spin.
1: Yeah. Because it can spin out of control sometimes, Uh but yeah, I, I, when I read that,
0: it'll help to see who he casts. I mean, that's, that's what's going to tell
1: me. There's, there's other names that I heard along with Jeff Daniel Phillips. And of course his wife, I can't remember who they are right now off top of my head.
0: I don't know who Jeff Daniel Phillips is without getting on my phone. He's been in a ton
1: of Rob Zombie movies. Uh, In uh, Halloween 2, he was the guy that worked at the strip club that got his head stomped. Okay.
0: It's that guy. Put a face for me, but... Um, If it had been from Halloween 5, I would have remembered what the face was, but... Well, of course. We're talking about a movie I've watched less than 10 times, hopefully. But so yeah,
1: there's that. There's like I said, not super brand new news, but it's something that we haven't touched on and uh yeah. this is this is definitely something I feel like we all have a rooting
0: interest. Even even the
1: Lord, I feel like would has oh, I, I would like to hear what he has to say about this, to be honest with you.
0: Have you seen the trailer for the new Mortal Kombat? I have. Interested?
1: I like. I like okay. what I seen.
0: Yeah, it
1: looks it looks violent. It looks very violent, and uh, I mean, what I saw, it it looked, I don't know, maybe it looked proper. I I think that's the word of the episode, proper. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very very interested in that.
0: Yeah, When's that supposed
1: is... to be coming out? It's fairly soon, isn't
0: it? Uh, April twenty sixth,
1: I believe. Oh, okay, so by the time this episode releases. That's 23rd, only
0: like twenty third. Oh shit, dude. It's
1: like a couple of days after this. Oh wow. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. I'm, 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 that. I'm very interested in that. Absolutely. Yes. Very curious. Because I mean I, I love the one that uh Paul Anderson did in the nineties. Mm. I mean, it's cheesy as hell, but Ooh. I don't know. I I I enjoy it. I had fun with it. Now Annihilation, that that that's nah, a bad good. movie.
0: That's just a bad movie. My biggest problem with the first movie was Raiden was one of my favorite playable characters in the game. And he was so sorely used by. He was like Yoda. Yeah, I mean, you know, what's the deal? Highlander can't, you know, fight anymore? I mean, what are we doing? Christopher Lambert is not. Uh, not being paid enough to do a good fight. I mean, yeah, he blew, and Raiden was one of my favorite characters, so that was a minus two stars, you know, right out of the gate. Um, That's
1: fair. That's fair. Because, I mean, I I do like Christopher Lambert, and it's like one of those, like, I acknowledge, and you're not wrong, Uh, but it's like, I allow it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know, it's crazy...
1: it's crazy to think, man, because they even got J- uh, James Remar for Raiden in part two, which mm. is even more an even more odd choice. Yeah, and it, it just you got two very unlikely casting choices for this role, and neither one of them worked. I mean, let's just be real, like you have said, but yeah, yeah uh, I, that's fair. That's a fair statement. I agree with you on that.
0: But yeah. I allow it. Yeah, uh, yeah. The new Raiden definitely has my interest. I mean Kano looks like he's well utilized in this. I liked Kano too and I didn't think he was well utilized in the original. Fucking ah, he uses his red I like laser it. eye in the in the you know, trailer they show him using it like right. fucking Superman <laughs> and then right. rips out a dude's heart at the at the finish of the trailer. And he says, Kano wins, you fucking beauty <laughs> I just love that. He's I, I enjoyed that trailer, man. It definitely got
1: uh, it got the uh, the juices flowing, man. I was just like, dude, I this this might be pretty good, you know.
0: It, it, my expectations got
1: amped up just a little bit.
0: So yeah, I'm down for that as soon as that comes out. Oh
1: yeah. Well, what do you got? Well, something that's a little more recent in the news than the Munsters being remade by Rob Zombie, the collected movie, which was supposed to be the third installment of the collector. I don't uh call it a franchise, I guess. So, I mean, it's only two movies at this point. I don't know if that's really a franchise, but... Uh, you, mean uh, with Rico, you mean with Rico from Crocodile Dundee 2? Well, he was in the first one. he I don't yeah. think he played the Collector in the second one. Well, that's
0: bullshit. I didn't watch the
1: second one. I didn't either. Uh, okay, so you answered one of my questions already. But... Uh, Production got canceled, and it's not because of the cancel culture. It was because of COVID and complacency, from what it sounds like. Uh, Per Dread Central, by way of Marcus Dunstan and Patrick Melton, production only shot for eight days before COVID shut down production, and then the producers have stopped answering their phone calls, emails, basically all contact, and there's been no new footage shot in two years. And I mean, just it's like, well, okay, I guess we're
0: not making a movie now, no, <laughs> uh, Tom Cruise must have walked on the set, ah! so <laughs> shut 'em down, boys, yep, this
1: is not in code, <laughs> yep. um, okay, so you asked- like I said, you answered one of my questions already, but uh, are you did you enjoy the first one? Did you like it?
0: I mean, I don't see what everybody else sees in it. It's not my thing. Okay. It's, meh. it's meh. It's like a five. Dude, you and I are
1: spot on because I'm in the same way. I'm I'm not – I was – I don't hate it, but – Right. I, I, I didn't hate the first one. I felt like it was a very uh, cheap ripoff of the torture porn Saul theme type movies, just a copycat, yeah. that – I, I don't know. It just didn't connect with me. But, like, dude, I yeah, I'm, like, at a five on it, and it didn't impress me enough to even bother with the second one. And, I, you know, hey, you know what? Horror movies, you know, it, it, I it's what makes the world go, go around in my opinion. You know, it, it, whatever floats your boat. It's not for me, but I, I'll be honest with you. My heart goes out to the fans of, the, of these movies because, I mean, if there was – You know, something I was really getting into and it was kind of starting to build a new, you know, like, okay, like take the hatchet franchise, you know, like we got the first one, which was awesome. You got the second one, which was really good We're promised a third one and then it doesn't happen. That would suck, you know, and, you know, for real, I mean, my my sympathies to, you know, the collection fans, you know, in this regard, it didn't connect with me. I, it just, it wasn't.
0: I guess I can kind of relate to the fans of that being disappointed that they're uh, almost expecting something and then it getting taken away. Cause we got, uh, you know, that Halloween kills taken from us in 2020 <laughs> and I'll be honest, you know, I mean, there was a moment where I was like, well, fuck, what the hell? What if I die before that releases? And I got fucked right? out of this, you know, I mean, come on, man. This is real talk, man. Like yeah. these are, this is for real. Because I'll be honest with
1: you, knowing that there are new Halloween movies hanging in the balance, and I haven't yeah. seen them yet, and I know one is done. Yeah, uh, I that's think a lot of pressure. Are, I don't know about Halloween ends. I'm I'm uh, fairly certain Halloween kills is at this point. I would
0: say, but I think they're both done.
1: They might be. Yeah. I mean, I believe that there's been footage shot for Halloween Ends, yes.
0: Yeah. But I mean, not to go down this rabbit hole, but God forbid, you know, I get terminal news. I'm, I hope I can call in and make a wish, man, and be like, because they be did that with, with Star Fish Wars.
1: At 41? Somebody did that.
0: Yeah, somebody did that with Star <laughs> Wars before the Last Jedi came out. And man, I'd have been pissed if the you know dying, dying wish was to see the Last Jedi. And then it turned out the way it did because that movie fucking sucked. I, I think they fucked it over big time uh, with Luke Skywalker not taking the reins and whipping some ass like, like he should have properly. Yeah, it was a pain in the ass. Never mind. I'm just saying uh, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna have a dying wish and then they fuck it and I see it, you know, and I'm like, man,
1: <laughs> I should have just
0: I'd, died. Yeah, should have went out before <laughs> that. <laughs> That's so dark. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my is, god. This belongs in that new segment, uh, so controversial.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh circling back around to the <laughs> to the collector. Uh fun fact about the uh, recurring lead Josh Stewart who plays Arkin. Yeah. He is a Diana, West Virginia native.
0: He's from Diana, West Virginia? Mm-hmm. Oh fuck, I know Diana, West Virginia
1: been there a few times actually
0: Maybe? Yeah. oh there ain't much to it man i haven't really i was bullshitting you uh we're in the <laughs> focus diana west virginia
1: uh it's in west virginia somewhere i don't remember exactly <laughs> i just remember it was some place that we passed through uh when my dad used to haul gasoline and it was a weekend run and i went with him just
0: when i was a teenager you don't know where just, it's at in relation to boone county west virginia
1: I can't remember.
0: Okay. Big I mean, County, I can do... West Virginia here, so. here, I'll do a little map search. Hold up. All right. We're going to Diana, West Virginia, boys. We're taking a Nostalgia Highway route... Detour. Oh, route
1: detour, yeah. All right. From where my ass is
0: sitting right now, it is an hour and... T- nope. It's two 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 and a half hours away. Is it right in the middle of the fucking state or something? Or is it southwest? Uh, kind of. South Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Down near Somerville?
1: Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, In that all area.
0: Right. All right.
1: Well, I got something here that uh, I, I kind of held close to the vest, and I'm going to drop it here on you. And maybe you've heard a little bit about this, caught wind of it. But uh, are you aware that there is a Toxic Avenger remake in the works? I am not aware of that. Oh, that is music to my ears. Oh, you're excited about this. Right. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. From is I am. involved? Uh, I don't as I I would say is like a like from a producer standpoint, I would say so yes. But it's being written and directed by Macon Blair, who was the main guy in the movie Blue Ruin. Okay. And he was also in the green room. And he also wrote Netflix, uh, "The Holding the Dark, and wrote and directed, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Listen to this. Confirmed, starring, so far, Peter Dinklage, who, famous from Game of Thrones. He was an elf, uh, oh, the yeah. station agent. And I guess they just, here within like the past day or so, they've added Jacob Tremblay, who was a younger kid who was in Doctor Sleep. Uh, Good Boys, and he was in the most recent Predator movie. I haven't got to that one yet. I've heard bad things, but uh, I do want to see it. But it's being called a contemporary reimagining of Troma's 1984 low-budget action comedy hit. The Toxic Avenger remake is steeped in environmental themes and subverts the subhero genre in the vein of Deadpool. When a struggling everyman is pushed into a vat of toxic waste, he is transformed into a mutant freak who must go from shunned outcast to underdog hero as he races to save his son, his friends, and his community from the forces of corruption and greed.
0: So he's not going to be like a a weird Napoleon Dynamite type janitor to begin with. I mean, he's got kids. I,
1: I, yeah, apparently. I mean, you can yeah. still be Napoleon Dynamite like and have kids, I suppose. Uh Fair enough. Have you been to South Parkersburg?
0: Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Anyways. uh, So, yeah, dude, there's a legit Toxic Avenger remake going on. I mean, and it sounds like it's kind of like they're trying to make it quasi-credible. Yeah, so what do you think about this, man?
0: Yeah, I'm all for a Toxic Avenger reboot, man. Yeah. Yeah. I just hope I don't try too hard. I mean it needs to maintain some of its low budget look.
1: It it needs to be highly comedic. The the fact oh, yeah. that they're saying that it's gonna be in the same vein of Deadpool. Yeah. I like that.
0: You caught my ear
1: with that, yeah. Yes. That was that but besides having Peter Dinklage in this movie. What is he in this? I don't understand that. I don't know. I was kind of, first I was thinking like, is he going to be the before? or Is he going to be like a scientist
0: type guy or something? That makes no sense to me.
1: I don't know, but it it was something that kind of caught my eye. And you know, it, I, I, there's a part of me that's kind of surprised that this is actually getting a remake.
0: I'm not surprised, but yeah, it, there's a big audience for this. If they do it right. I think. Sure.
1: No, I, as as of this moment, like I'm all for this. Like with you, uh, I I I was curious if you'd heard about it or not, and obviously I was delighted to hear that you didn't. So, um, I think it's a great idea. I'm I'm
0: in. <laughs> no, I I'm I'm all for this. I think it could work. I think it could work real well. I know my kids. Uh, they see the the box art for the Toxic Avenger on my DVD shelf. Yeah. And they're always curious about it. And I'm like, I can't show you this movie. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, It's just the first... (laughs) I don't know. The whole thing's bad. But the first uh, 20 minutes before the transformation is just so raunchy and sleazy and trashy. I'm like, shit. Yeah. It's worse than uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween. Oh, snap.
1: (laughs) Shots fired. It's been a minute since I've seen the original. I have not seen any of the sequels.
0: I've tried. Uh, They're they're pretty rough.
1: That's what I've heard. Yeah. Basically, what I've heard is the first one is the one to watch, and yeah, if you want to go into uh, you know just a
0: can't be cheesy
1: raunchy movie,
0: that's what you go for. The word is gratuitous stupidity. At least for the sequels, for sure. Yeah. Okay. That's cool though. Yeah, I'm all in. Hell yeah! Give me Toxic Avenger again. Okay.
1: Well, without further ado, let's go to some of these recent watches. And something I kind of added in, this is another one of those off-the-cuff things, Uh, just a few movies that I have seen many times over that I have watched here recently for just the mood struck me. Uh, Got The Wayne's World, Mm -hmm. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, I don't fucking care, shut up, don't say a word. uh, The Last Mm -hmm. Boy Scout. Leprechaun, Beverly Hills Ninja with the family, actually. That was my pick. It's been a minute since I've seen that. That was lamer than I remember, but I still enjoyed it. And uh, I've been keeping up weekly with Season 2 of Creep Show. And uh, at this moment, we're two episodes in. Uh, the third one drops tomorrow for us. And uh, I'm hooked, dude, full on. Like, I love what they're doing, and I love how they're doing it all. Super fun show. Highly recommend if you haven't got to it. Is episode two
0: pretty good? I I liked it. Okay. Is it as good as episode one?
1: Uh, I mean, I I, I don't want to say, like, it was better, but, I mean, it was – I was entertained. I enjoyed it, you know. Like I'm excited for the episode tomorrow.
0: Sure, yeah, you know I need so. to catch up. I'm I'm one behind. I seen the first one, and it was stellar. It was yes. the best shit I'd seen in a while.
1: Proper, yeah, dude. Yeah. It was very there was Easter eggs, homages, yeah. and just uh, yeah, dude. It kind of it, it, yeah, that was nice. I really, yeah, yeah. I really like that first episode. I, I'm glad that they've gone to a longer format than they did with season one with this yeah. one um yeah but so far dude yeah magnificent all in
0: i'll be honest as an artist the uh the episode with the bob ross guy when he when he fucking says you know and he takes his brush and dips it in the thinner and i know what's coming and he's like and just beat the devil out of it
1: (laughs) and i'm like everybody knows what's coming dude like that guy was great (laughs) he was great dude (laughs) i don't want to give too much away about it because i'm gonna spoil it but like goddamn dude that was that was that was great that was really good.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. So yeah, episode one's gonna be a hard beat for me, but yeah, I'll catch up with you. Oh yeah. Good show. All right. Well, first thing off the plate, let's
1: uh let's dive into the first movie to that entered wide theatrical release in the United States after most theaters closed due to COVID. Uh Unhinged from two thousand twenty, starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Um,
0: uh, not uh, Weight Watchers, Russell Crowe. That's for sure.
1: He got thick. <laughs> he got <laughs> he thick, did. boy. Like he looked like he ate fucking Peter Dinklage.
0: All right. Yeah, just <laughs> looked like he ate Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Holy shit! Now, did he? Is that real weight he put on, or was that? No, a fat suit?
1: no. He actually, I I looked into it. He wore a fat suit.
0: Because I was sitting there thinking, while well, I watched that man, he's. I'm like kind of taking a health for his risk. Health. Yes. Yeah, he's taking a health yes. risk here doing this. <laughs>
1: That's exactly what I thought. Like, man, I'm kind of concerned for him, man. Because I saw him in Gladiator; he's kind of cut up, and yeah, oh, even yeah. Cinderella, <laughs> man. I mean, he was, he was, he was in shape.
0: He looked so yeah.
1: yeah, it was a fat suit, but okay. uh, yeah, between the March 13th releases of Bloodshot, The Hunt, I still believe, and the August 21st expansion of this film into. Over 1,800 North American theaters, there was a gap of over five months where there were no wide theatrical releases in the United States at all. Dark days.
0: Oh, man. I remember I was there. Fucking theaters shut down. I mean, we still don't have a theater in our hometown here.
1: Yeah, dude. It's – I mean, I think Janelle and I, we went and – I think we've seen two movies since – and oh my God, it's pathetic! I can't remember what the hell we went and seen. Oh, uh, we saw the 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 Denzel movie, uh, The Little yeah. Things. Um, it was good. I see where it didn't connect with a lot of people, and I get why a lot of people don't really care for it. But I thought it was an interesting movie. And oh my God, I can't remember what the other movie was. But oh, Invisible it, Man. No, that was before. That was the last one before. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, to pull up an old school quote from NHP lore, this is not a perfect movie, okay? (laughs) But this was a fun, mindless romp for the 90-minute runtime. Um, I I thought Russell Crowe was an entertaining psychopath with some pretty decent slasher-esque kills and uh, had some pretty good funny one-liners.
0: I didn't see any funny one-liners, but okay.
1: Well, I like the one, I can't, and I verbatim, I don't know it, but, but it was basically when he was telling the woman, like, oh, yeah, that upcoming uh, psychiatrist appointment you got, or whatever, uh, he's like, uh, you're going to get your money's worth, or something like that. Okay. To that effect. Yeah, and I was like, that that made me laugh. Like, literally, I, I kind of busted up there for a moment. Janelle and I both did. We watched it together, but... No, I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. I mean, like I said, not great. Didn't reinvent the wheel, but I'm at a 6 out of 10 on this.
0: It did lead you in a lot in scenes where you're supposed to pay attention to something. I mean, it may as well have just fucking froze the screen and wrote, don't forget this. <laughs> you know, yeah. like the the candy cane scissors, like they made a big deal about those. And Right. Well, I don't want to get into that, but <laughs> there's right, other yeah. things. Yeah.
1: Gentle, gentle spoilers. spoilers.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I overdid that one, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's just, okay. Uh, that's alright. Yeah. I don't know. Some of the things was it was a little heavy handed.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got a rating for it?
1: Five point five. Okay. That's yeah. cool.
0: Not and uh crazy.
1: this this is actually streaming on Amazon Prime right now for free.
0: No, oh, it is and, not. Uh, Yes, it is. Bullshit artist. Shh. That's where I caught it. When did you catch it? It ain't, it ain't free anymore, I promise you, because I checked last night. Are you serious? Yeah, I am serious.
1: Oh, wow. Bullshit you? You're
0: my favorite turd.
1: Well, damn. All right, then. Well, uh.
0: It's, $1. it's $1. not for free. No, oh, it's, it, it's worth that. Yeah, well, you know. But you' gonna pay me that dollar ninety nine back that I wasted watching it? Nope, because I I caught it for free. I guess at the right time. Yeah. So all right, well I, I fucked up. <laughs> I waited too long. I <laughs> should have watched it today. You said, "Hey Dave, you should see Unhinged." Oh yeah, I'll put that on my list. A little story about road rage. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, and I get people's hangups with it. I mean, because yeah, it's it's flawed. This it's, but like I said, it's it's a popcorn movie. Just enjoy it. Have fun yeah. with it. Take it for what it's worth. You know, especially in you know when the time it came out. I mean, Jesus. Just I mean to quote another Russell quote, Crow movie. Are you not entertained? Like, goddamn, what the fuck you want? What are we gonna do here? <laughs> right. Exactly. So for that. Eh, it's a six out of ten, and, and I I could see myself revisiting that. Well, what's something you've gotten to here recently, man?
0: Well, I've been watching just random shit, like uh, the, you know, we got the Peacock app because I needed the free trial to hook up to WrestleMania last weekend, and oh, okay, with, with Peacock, you know, you can you don't even have to pay for the service to watch like the all, all the old Saturday Night Lives. They've got the entire archive of Saturday Night Lives, and I... Got in the mood to watch some like ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, Kevin Neal and Weekend Update era, uh, Saturday Night Live, fucking Rob Schneider doing the copier guy. You know, hell yeah, making copies, the (laughs) moderator. You know, that's awesome. I love those days. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. That's cool. With that, I got yeah, I got WrestleMania. I don't know if you oh, okay. were aware. It was WrestleMania weekend.
1: I I did. Social media yeah, kept me yeah. uh, on the uh, outer fringes of the awareness <laughs> on that. So, yeah, I knew that was uh, well, uh, for us the this past Sunday. So that would have been, I don't know what day it was,
0: but whatever. Well, it just it was, happened. Yeah, it just happened. Uh, it's Saturday and Sunday now. They run a two-day program. Since, oh. co- since covid last year they started that and it was all pre-taped last year and aired on a you know in split segment on half of the show on saturday half the show on sunday well this year it was performed live in front of an audience which was a hugely welcome experience sure. to watch right. because that's way different than their fucking thunderdome bullshit where they got TV screens wrapped around the stadium, and you get to see the fans sitting in their fucking house like we're talking to each other over Skype, you know? Like, this is this is dumb. <laughs>
1: the but, NFL's doing the same thing, yeah. Yeah,
0: well, they had cardboard cutouts there, I think. Did they have monitors, too?
1: Yeah, with, like, they have, like, an end zone cam, and uh, uh, I know when they did the draft, it was, you know, real big with that, too, as
0: well. So But anyway, WrestleMania was the the highlight of the show was the fans and then the first night you know, I usually I used to wake up WrestleMania morning like it was Christmas. Like you'd get butterflies, like, Oh, today's WrestleMania. I'm gonna make a bunch of food tonight and fucking drink some beer and party. Right. Uh, Not the same feeling anymore. But I hear you. The first night of it, they had a really good show and it fucking ended with uh was Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, two black women fighting for the title. This is the first time, you know, that had two black women in the main event, you know, against each other for a championship. Cool. So it was like, a, OK, you know, the, they're standing in the ring and the whole crowd standing and it's like, OK, you know, it was, it was a cool moment. And, right. And then they fucking fought the best match of the entire WrestleMania card. It was better than anything. Both nights.
1: It was a cool match. Sports are better with the fans as much as, you know, the official, the sports official in me, you know, the fans can definitely be uh, tiresome and be a burden at times. Uh, It just, it just, it, it heightens the experience. No matter what the venue, what the sport, you know, having the fans there, that energy. Yeah, dude, there's, there's nothing like it. It's, it's, it's a, it's an electric, yeah. sensation and you just you you really get caught up in it yeah
0: hell yeah so yeah it actually you know what made me wake up sunday morning kind of feeling that you know little spark again like okay it's you know night two, yeah, it's, yeah, supposed to be, it's supposed to be better than night one right <laughs> well, right it really, it really wasn't and they started it off with the the fiend bray wyatt the you know the tom savini masked character that right. they've made that's pretty fucking cool. And they they did a total shit dive of a finish. I don't even know how to explain it. it nobody can make sense of it. Like Everybody's throwing their hands in the air because Bray Wyatt like turns to look at his female manager and she's got black dripping from her eyes and everything from this little headdress she's wearing. And uh, he's just distracted by her. And then Randy Orton hits an RKO out of nowhere. That's the end of the match. And they're like, what happened? Did that old girl just turn on him and cost him the match or what the fuck were they doing? They really didn't, they didn't give you anything. So it was like a dumb finish
1: to be continued.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so that they started it off with that and then it just went downhill from there. So WWE's back on the shelf for another year for me, I think.
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess if anything, me trying to be half full guy here being optimistic I mean, at least you woke up that day, you know, kind of having that, that feeling, you know. And that's cool. That's fair. It's kind of like, you know, the day, the Sunday I woke up when I knew the Browns were going to play, you know, Pittsburgh in the playoffs. And <laughs> obviously we know how that all turned out. Yeah. <clears throat> we won. And, uh, but like, yeah, I I, I I love that feeling. The game day feeling. Yeah no matter what it oh, is, yeah. and and I get it as an official, too. On Friday nights for high school varsity football, dude, yeah, yeah it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. It's white, dude. I, It's, yeah, that whole experience, all of that, it's awesome.
0: Yeah. I've become a big football fan in the last couple of years. I, I enjoy that just as much as, I mean, obviously, the, the WWE ship has kind of slowly drifted out into obscurity for me and, Hey, there's something new, so... Hell yeah. You go through stages in your life, I guess, and find something new to love, so... That's where my sales are lined up at. Yeah.
1: Well, this seems like a perfect time to take a break and recognize our friends, the Mikes on Mikes, from the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast.
0: Do you like pro wrestling? Yeah. Are you tired of the same old recap podcast? uh duh do wrestling fans confuse you more than you will ever know well you're in luck
1: join me mike j and me mike s every saturday for the drive-by
0: wrestling podcast each week we break down the ups and downs of main roster wwe and try to explain online fan outrage And of course, we have the Wednesday Night War between NXT and AEW covered from our unique viewpoints. That's the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere podcasts are found. Still breaking hearts and breaking kayfabe. Uh, I guess that is what we say. It is. That makes me want to ask you, um, I did okay. have this in my notes, so mm. get ready for something from the hip. Hell yeah, bring it. Uncategorized. This is an uncategorized topic, so this seems like shit. a perfect time to bring it up. So besides the drive-by wrestling podcast and raised in horror, Psycho Siblings, is there any other podcast you listen to?
1: Uh, I do. I, uh, every once in a while, depending upon what's being reviewed, I'll dive into the, uh, Gornmore podcast. Um, they're they're a little bit younger bunch from us, I think, from what I've gathered. Uh, but I like a lot of their takes on things. You know, they're they're pretty upbeat, entertaining. Um, I like what they have to say. Uh, I do like going back and listening to some older episodes when uh, Jay of the Dead was on the horror movie podcast. Um. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, th- those are honestly, though, those were the podcasts I cut my teeth on, you know, as yeah. becoming a listener. And uh, so, yeah, there's, I mean, obviously, I say nostalgic ties to it, but we're talking like just a few years ago. But, uh, no, yeah, I mean, I'd say that's pretty much about it. I mean, Psycho right, Siblings, Mikes and Mikes, Goremore, NHP, okay. baby.
0: I I'm, I'm pretty on the
1: spot. I'm, I'm a little selective. I mean, and I honestly, I know I need to open up uh, my horizons a little more because I do get that tendency to be very short-sighted and narrow-scoped. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, there's been times I've dabbled with a couple other, you know, different shows, and pretty quickly I'm like, eh, this isn't for me, you know. Um, I, I did listen to some of the extended cuts of the Eli Roth's uh, History of Horror podcasts and uh, basically it was just the one-on-one interviews that he had with the different guests that he had on and uh, those are pretty pretty cool I enjoyed those now I'm pretty narrow scoped with who I listen to as far as like being fairly regular with
0: well I I am a fan of Jay of the Dead too I like the horror movie podcast with him and he's also done considering the cinema and horror movie weekly which you know, he has our old pal, Bill Shetty, yeah. yeah. Everybody loves Bill Shetty. Lady, lady Phantom. Yeah, their opinion yeah. of Halloween and junk Carpenter movies offends me. But anyway, uh, I yeah. think I started out I started out listening to the podcast with the Stone Cold Steve Austin Unleashed podcast. Oh, and yeah. And those were fun because he's telling all these behind-the-curtain stories, and I like those. Um, but then I delved into, like, I did a couple of true crime ones. I remember really enjoying the... Uh, Shit, I don't remember which podcast it was, but they did a series on the um, Zodiac Killer. And I think it was like a seven or eight part, you know, series on that that were each like an hour or something. And and they just presented all kinds of the evidence and stuff. And it was just intriguing as fuck listening to it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, podcasts, you you get in the right mood for them, Uh, you know, for certain things. Like I've listened to Lore, uh, Aaron Menke. Yeah. Tells, you know, folklore stories, you know, little true legends, supposedly. And those are funny. And it's the voice, you know, sometimes the person's voice connects immediately with you. And it doesn't matter if they're talking about how to fucking make chicken soup. It's like, OK, <laughs> I like the way this guy, you know, talks and tells the story or, or female, whatever. It just because I like that mile marker one eighty one, too. It was a local one.
1: Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Janelle listened
0: to after. that. That's a great podcast, and uh, I don't know, just, you know, certain times, you know, you connect with the person, their their personality or whatever, you kind of feel like you connect, so.
1: I agree with you with what you said, like being, you know, depending upon your mood. That's something I've kind of figured out with podcasts. Like, I got to be in the right mood, right mindset to listen to something, and I kind of feel like my default is I like listening to horror movie reviews. Of movies that I'm familiar with obviously cuz I don't you know I don't want the movie to get spoiled for me and uh but yeah like I said I I do need to broaden my scope with some podcasts yeah. and uh but yeah I just there's the the familiars that I just kind of stick with yeah. and yeah I I I like my bubble you know I'm yeah. a bubble guy I have that yeah. bubble mentality so but yeah, no. I mean, honestly, I mean, if it, if it wasn't for you, I don't know that I would have really started listening to podcasts, let alone be in the situation that we are now, fifty-five plus episodes in. <laughs> you know, with our very own. You know, so
0: well, the idea started out as a let's do like a YouTube movie review show, right? You know, and there right. are a few of those, and yeah, and then we were just you know logistically not comfortable in front of a camera and things. Just, right. I don't know, weren't clicking real well at first, and we're, I'm like, why don't we just do an audio thing, you know, podcast? Oh, you know, it's yeah, what's the podcast? And that's the, the
1: thing, because, <laughs> like, when we first started out, for whatever reason, I had the thought that doing a podcast, logistically speaking, would be more difficult than actually doing, you know, uh, filming and doing, oh. like, YouTube videos, and no, no, that's that's not the case.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know about you, but basically, I don't have much if you haven't enough... uh editing video, like <laughs> editing video is a whole different animal that I don't want any part of.
1: Right, right, exactly. We figured that out pretty quickly. I think it was what maybe four total reviews, two sessions that we did starting out early, early on, and we we're kind of like, I don't know if this is, <laughs> I don't know if this is what we're trying to really do or not, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, dude. Good times, man. God, yeah. it's hard to believe it's been that long ago, but it's only, so, I mean, we're working on two and a half years ago that was yeah. going on, man. It's wild. It's wild. Well, I'm going to bring it back around to uh, Eli Roth and History of Horror because uh, Shudder here recently has added season two of his uh, series, The History of Horror, and honestly, if you enjoyed season one, you should definitely enjoy this newest season. There's six episodes total. They're 42 minutes uh, each. Uh, This time around with helps from names like Greg Nicotero, Stephen King, Joe Hill, Rob Zombie, and countless other horror favorites. Uh, Roth goes into other subgenres like Houses of Hell, which basically all things haunted houses to houses filled with psychos. Monsters, pretty self-explanatory. Body horror Anything from illness, disease metamorphosis
0: Dude, uh, a distorted self image that body horror episode is the tits. I love that one.
1: It's a little rough, but it's <laughs> a good one it is it is it's it's an uncomfortable it kind of makes you like ah, I just gotta I gotta reposition here in my seat just a little bit. you know what I mean
0: yeah uh yeah, well, Stephen yeah. King gave some hot takes in that episode too I think he he did it in all of them i think i I liked Stephen King's. Yes, His, I like he was your very welcome, a oh, welcome voice in that show.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what else did he do? Uh he did uh Witches. I mean, again, yeah. pretty self-explanatory, and then uh, Chilling Children, which basically was, you know, killer kids or, you know, kids with a hidden agenda of some sort, and then there was a final episode that's kind of a hodgepodge of nine different movies that kind of stretched the boundaries of horror to its limits, and I kind of liked that last episode because it was almost like it was like a top ten list of sorts, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm at an eight out of ten on what he's got going on here with this little series of his. It's 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 a lot of fun. You get modern perspectives on some classic movies coming because you know he definitely goes into those as well. It's not just more recent movies, but uh I mean he really just he spans it all. Uh especially the important parts.
0: (laughs) I'm feeling nine out of ten on this entire series so far. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah
1: Yeah, it's it's should
0: watch. Yeah.
1: I, I kind of binged this. I think I, uh, if it wasn't for a few, uh, softball games, soccer practices that had to, you know, had to go to and drop off and pick up, I think I would have got this done in one day. <laughs> kind of going with a, an umbrella mentality, I went into, uh, a little dive of documentaries, just uh-huh. anything random, cinema wise, that, well, I'm going to say cinema wise, nostalgic wise as well, I'd say, um, it just kind of caught my eye, and I just went on a little little rant there where all that's, that's all I wanted to get into. And uh first one I'll bring up, it's streaming on Amazon Prime, is the Sci-Fi Boys from 2006. Mm. And uh, this was a really fun throwback, dive back to the old school roots of the sci-fi monster movies of yesteryear. And for this being a little bit older, I mean, hell, at this point, from being in 06, I mean, we're talking almost 15 years or so. Uh, This really kind of ran the gamut, touching all the bases with the genesis of the sci-fi genre. And even though sci-fi is not necessarily my bag full on, there's a lot of horror elements within this movie. I mean, we're talking about monsters, mutations, you know, things from space and space and horror. I mean, I feel like they go hand in hand. And uh, I really enjoyed this. It's a nice little, you know, documentary. And, I yeah, I'm a 7 out of 10 on this. Check it out. It's worth a watch. This included Lucas and Spielberg too, didn't it? Uh, they had yeah. him in there. I know Peter Jackson; he was heavily involved yep. with the making of this, and he was a part of this big time. Yeah. And uh, I'm not like a huge fan of his personally. Uh, I know a mm-hmm. lot of people really like, you know, what is it? Uh, bad taste. Bad taste. And uh, <laughs> what is it? Uh, Dead
0: alive.
1: Dead alive. And I'll be honest with you; I don't. I don't get it. Eh, it is There's a different, different cup of theory. tea. There's some good one-liners, and there's some good gore, and some, you know, solid, gross-out scenes, but it's just, I don't know.
0: I don't know. I wouldn't call it good gore, but (laughs) some interesting, uh, very different gore. Uh, Unique.
1: Unique methods that which horrific sure. mutilations take place. Yes. I, I Yeah, I, I agree with that. But, yeah, I don't really get into his stuff really a whole lot. But I did like The Frighteners. I did like that
0: movie. Oh, man, that's a classic.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. But uh, that's easily my favorite Peter Jackson movie. But will uh, join no, out, yeah,
0: the, the Sci-Fi Boys,
1: like I said, streaming on Prime. It's free. Uh, yeah, check it out. I like that. Well. Another one I got to, it's uh, on Tubi and this is one that's been on my uh, watch list for a while. I actually told it told you about it a little while ago is the Fascism on a Thread, the strange story of Nazi Ploitation cinema from 2019. And I guess when you're making the bad guys of your sex-fueled proto-torture porn sleaze, you know, the worst group of people on earth that the, you know, we've ever seen. I guess all is fair, you know, and uh, I want to ask you about this. Do you know which foreign markets dominated this subgenre? Which countries Mm -hmm. cranked out these movies the most? There's three. Uh, These are the three three
0: top. One is
1: kind of surprising.
0: I'm wanting to say Germany. (laughs) No. No.
1: No, Uh. not at all. I think they didn't want to touch that. And okay, well, they shouldn't. <laughs> right.
0: Oh, shit, I don't know. Go ahead and tell me, because okay. I'll probably never guess.
1: The two likely ones, the Italians and the French. Okay, okay, that checks All right. out. All right, the third one, this one caught me off guard, but it's, it's those crazy Canucks, man. Canada. Huh. Canada.
0: Hmm. Yeah. They're a forgiving sort. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and and just so you know we're clear on this with this nazi exploitation cinema uh, this isn't a dive into neo nazism or any kind of racial hate of any sort for those that don't know or aren't aware yeah, these well, movies they're they're nothing more than just there's nudity there's scenes of torture gore extreme sex experiments etc and they're depicted in the most exploitative ways possible yeah. They're for not sure that interesting.
0: You don't want to they're, watch they're really these for nice. a, a serious story or even a funny story. It's kind of right. You'll get left cold. Right,
1: and and I think the most one of the most famous ones, and they obviously talk about it quite a bit, was the Ilsa, the oh, yeah. She-Wolf of the SS. That's and, the one that comes uh, to mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there were some others, obviously, but uh, you know. Uh, But, yeah, like I said, if any of this stuff that's not your thing, maybe avoid this documentary because, yeah, you do get to see some of the scenes. You do see nudity, you know, uh, full frontal at times. Uh, But you don't necessarily see all of the action that happens in the movie. I mean, they cut away and, you know, they try to be somewhat decent, I guess, in that regard. But uh, that all being said, this was an interesting watch. With me being a fan of World War II and having an interest with Nazi Germany during that time historically, uh, yeah, this this was something that was kind of a no brainer. We're going to talk about you know these two things that I enjoy the most. Well, I'm going to say enjoy join the most, but I enjoy a good deal. And uh, yeah, I like it. I'm going to
0: I'm a seven out of ten on this. Have you seen this, Elsa and uh, SS Wolf or whatever?
1: No, well, I've uh, seen I've just,
0: seen that. No, I didn't see the documentary. No, no, no. Okay. No, I did not see the documentary. Well,
1: that's interesting because most of the movie – well, I think, honestly, all the movies that they talked about, other than just maybe in passing, I have not seen. Mm-hmm. I am curious to see Ilsa She-Wolf of the SS, but the sequels yeah. that came after, I don't
0: think I want to touch any of that.
1: I don't know. Some of the stuff, it's not really my thing, you know? It's
0: not my thing. Uh, I've but, played it in the background. It wasn't something I put much attention into. I, you know – caught the nude scenes and was like yeah eh, eh, okay yeah, yeah I see what they're doing here with the plot and it's it's dumb it's
1: and as fuck.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah yeah well and that's kind of what I gathered a lot from the documentary but uh, nonetheless like I said it was interesting to me and um, yeah seven out of ten yeah well, something else that I got to here with my little documentary dive, and I feel like a lot of America and possibly the world has gotten to it as well because it's on Netflix, and it's 2020's The Last Blockbuster. Oh, I'm yeah. assuming you've seen this as well, King.
0: I'll tell you what, I watched three quarters of it. Okay, It was just starting to stall after the midway point to the point where I was like, man, I, don't, I mean, what else can you say here? I mean, we got it. I, yeah, when I saw when, when I saw
1: the runtime, I was just like, "Do we really have enough yeah, no. stuff here for that runtime?" You know, but I, I've thought out about some of our episodes as well. You know, so yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. it peters out. And I mean, I have not seen the finish, <sighs> the finish finish, and I don't know if it's going to elevate anything. But I wasn't super I, impressed so far. I mean, I'll give it this. I mean, it was a fun little rewind. Back to
1: our childhoods when video rental stores ruled all on Friday and Saturday nights and all kinds of small towns across the nation to the largest metropolitan cities, you know, 25, 35 years ago. Anybody that grew up during the 80s and the 90s know exactly that feeling that they were talking about in the doc about walking into a store, you know, that awe, that freedom, the individuality that it gave you as a movie fan, like, you know, what section you were standing in, that's just kind of like, this is where I'm planting my flag, you know, this is where I'm at, you know, and it was an incredible feeling, and it's one of those things, like, I think as as a parent, you wish it, you know, something, you know, you wish something for your own children, and I wish my girls would be able to experience this, but... I don't think they'd appreciate it, you know, (laughs) because I don't know, they're of the digital age and streaming is the way to go. But I'm telling you,
0: it's hard to put toothpaste back in the tube, man, once it's out. And that's where it's
1: at. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, I mean, it was an incredible feeling, but I didn't, here's the thing. I didn't really get it from going into a blockbuster. Okay. Same. Nothing against blockbuster because Blockbusters, where you went if you wanted what was new. Yeah. Okay? Because they had tons of fucking copies of it, right? right? But that the warm and fuzzies that I was talking about that I got, I got that from when I walked into places like the Video Barn, People's News, Dave's Video, right here in the Mid Ohio Valley, and even stores that I can't even remember the names of from when I lived in Texas.
0: Yeah.
1: That. That's where I cut my teeth. That is where the warm and fuzzies and just that whole nostalgic experience, you know, yes. that I get the experience, you know, in just small doses where, you know, like going to a uh, peddler's junction, you know, yes. right here in Belbury, Ohio, you know, they've got, they got a lot of movies out there, you know, you could buy and it's like, you know, they got aisles and it's kind of set up, but it's just, it's not the same, but it's, it's close, you know, it's like, it's a knockoff. It's great value.
0: Peddler's <laughs> Junction, since you mentioned it, is just uh, like three doors down from where the network video was that I went to when I was a kid. That's and right. That, is, that was right by wet, the Petland, Wet Pets, whatever it is. Yes. Uh, there was and, a big bear. Yeah. And that was the the very first experience that comes to mind when I think about Video stores as a child because they had the children's and family movie section on the wall, the wall side towards Peddler's Junction, and right behind it was the sandwich board type, you know, upside down V-shaped video box stand, whatever you want to call it. You know, the middle aisle stand right behind the children's family section was the horror section. And I remember after I got bored looking at the the kids and family movies at, you know, age eight or nine, I'd turn around and there's something dark and creepy over my shoulder watching me, you know, and it's the fucking horror movie section. And I just remember, like, ooh, <laughs> the first thing that caught my eye was Michael Myers. Hell yeah, buddy. And I was like, yeah. It's like, wow, this is scaring the shit out
1: of me, but I am so intrigued. Oh, and- yeah any horror movie fan knows exactly what you're talking about dude because i mean honestly that's where i always gravitated towards yeah. you know when it all when it was all said and done you know after i looked at the video games or i looked at the new releases horror because yeah. the cover art oh yeah all of it <laughs> You know, and just the the brief little clips, you know, that they happen to put on the back of the VHS and the caption that would go along with it, talking about the movie, who's in it, who directed it, and so on and so forth. Oh, oh my God, dude, that is, that is just there is something so comforting about those experiences being in those places. And, and I never imagined in a million years and I don't think, well, obviously nobody did that video rental stores were ever going to go away. Right. They were, they were a mainstay, they were a staple, you know, and they talked about it in this, in, in the documentary. And I mean, but they did, they really did. And I have, I am so surprised by how much, that feeling of walking into a video rental store and just not even knowing what you're going to get yourself into, what you're going to find, what hidden gem you're going to come across, right. you know, something that someone says about a movie on the playground at school, you know, during lunchtime, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to check that out. See what he's talking about. If he's full of shit or not. Right. You know? Yeah, dude. Yeah. And
0: that's... the last Brockbuster documentary documentary did just what, this conversation did was remind us of our experiences of walking in a video store. Yes. As a kid yes, it did. and having, you know, those pristine eyes that you haven't witnessed any of this yet. And you're just right in all of the glory yeah. of a video store. It's so cool. Yeah, Obviously blockbuster
1: was awesome, but the mom and pop stores, that's where my heart lies. So I kind of feel like for this documentary, personally, it misfires just a little bit. Still good. Still pulled at the heartstrings, you know, nostalgically. I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. And it's definitely worth a watch. I mean, like I said, if you're, if you're a kid of the 80s, of the 90s, you know, and you got to experience going to go rent a movie ...at a video rental store, like, yeah, you need to watch this movie, and I'll be straight up honest with you, if it wasn't all the way fucking over in Bend, Oregon, you're damn right I'd go visit this fucking place. Yeah. Without question. I'm not gonna shit-talk Blockbuster, you know, full-on, but, yeah, I'm I'm that local <laughs> mom-and-pop chain place, that's, that's where I wanted to be, because that's where the obscure, the weird, the offbeat, low-budget B-movies... That yeah. a lot of us fucking love the day. That's where those were And Blockbuster. Yeah, they may have had some of those, or they may have had a copy of it that someone wouldn't yeah. fucking return ever, you know. But mm-hmm. but you know, Blockbuster had its place. It's just it's one of those things. Yeah. Just it, it got too big, and it it it's like it almost kind of devoured itself.
0: It is what it is. I I, I was pretty middle of the road with it again it was mostly giving me nostalgic memories which was worthy <laughs> in the rating category but at oh, the same yeah. time it really it really had nothing to do with what they were presenting it was just oh yeah this reminds me of this oh yeah that reminds me of this that's a good memory cool yeah. thank you thank you for reminding me kind of like uh, kid 90 we watched uh, yeah Hulu. yeah it kind of did the same thing it just gave me a bunch of like oh yeah thank you for <laughs> reminding me of my Youth at that age, that kind of thing.
1: Well, keeping in line with that, I have – I got a secretive documentary I got to, and hopefully you didn't get on my uh, letterbox profile here within the past couple hours because this was literally a last-second add-on. Power of Grayskull, The Definitive History of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe from 2017. Dude, I'm going to tell you what. This was also a super fun trip down memory lane. You know, just seeing all oh, those yeah. old figures, the vehicles, the play sets. It was
0: awesome. Have you seen it? Yes, I have. Yeah, I watched Lost. it when it first came out. in what, Back 2017. In yeah, yeah, 17. Oh, but yeah. It's not like fresh, but I remember enjoying it. Yeah, and I didn't have Letterboxd at the time, so I wasn't able to put my rating on it because when I got on Letterboxd was, what, 2019, 2020? Yeah. I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember watching the Power of Grayscale documentary. I better add that to my <laughs> Letterboxd <laughs> review list. <laughs> I remember I enjoyed it, though. It was definitely a high mark. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it
1: was, man. Like I, Something I want to ask, besides He-Man… Yeah. Which Masters of the Universe character was, is your favorite? she Shira. she Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm a Beastman guy. That was one of my favorite, okay. like, figures that I had. I really oh, liked Beastman. Oh, he's Beast cool.
0: Man. Yeah, and, he's uh, cool
1: Mossman, who was basically yep. Beastman, and they kind of talked about that a little bit in the documentary, how they, uh, replicated certain things but uh yes one thing that i was really surprised that they didn't go into because i don't know maybe it was just me as a kid but you know i i had castle grayskull i had the play set but i always wanted snake mountain because you got to talk into the the microphone thing you know and to me when that came out that was the coolest fucking thing on the planet and yeah. I never ended up getting it, and they didn't even talk about it in this, and I was kind of disappointed in that.
0: Man, I got a cute picture of King of the Road sitting sitting in front of the Christmas tree with both Castle Grayskull and Snake Mountain flanking my sides, so I'm sorry. You flaunting son of a I bitch. Fucking, I fucking had the full experience, boys.
1: Damn, dude, that's awesome. Good for yeah. you, dude. Hell yeah, man, that's awesome.
0: It's tricky to get He-Man and Battle Cat to ride across the little, like, drawbridge thing in the front of Snake Mountain and then go up the steps. It's kind of, you know, awkward. It's a narrow path for a big fucking Battle Cat and He-Man riding on top. He-Man will fall off. I mean, you got to you gotta have your hands on everything there to get to, through there. Yeah. And then it's got the little, like, handcuffed bars that stick out of the... Snake Mountain that you can chain He-Man up, and he's you know st- yeah uh, I can't get out, and then you talk <laughs> into the voice box. Hey, I'm Skeletor. Fun times, man. I'm sorry. I, there you go. That's
1: you just, that's my experience. You're just,
0: you're just gloating. Now. I thought so. I, I did think so. <laughs> I did that on purpose. I mean, you you, know, you wanted to know what it was like to experience that. I thought I'd better give it to you oh man but uh, i'll be
1: honest with you it almost seemed like mattel followed paramount pictures model of putting the cart in front of the horse with their friday the 13th franchise they had a fire idea minimal foresight and then they had a massive marketing campaign that was perfectly fit for a decade like the 80s you know and you know, kinda how we were talking about with Blockbuster it was like one of those things that came became too big. Yeah. You know, and it kind of imploded upon itself and that's kinda it, it seemed like what happened here with uh He Man. Yeah. And there have been some reincarnations over the few years past the uh the movie. With Dolph Lundgren, which they talked a great bit about. And I was really surprised. I was really surprised to hear Frank Langella's uh, feelings on the movie and his performance. This is one of I mean, to hear the man say it, this is one of his favorite performances personally. And he loved the bravada and the, you know, just the the over-the-top that it all was. And I'll be honest with you. Say what you will about that movie. It's not a good movie, okay? And it is not what we expected back in what 87 whenever it came out because it was something completely totally different hardly anybody looked the way they were supposed to but mm. the makeup effects that they had for Skeletor's face for Franklin Langella,
0: dude that was fucking cool okay oh you okay no no you you're okay with that statement but like the movie itself was so fucking bad well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, it's not a good movie. I mean,
1: I, I do have a little bit of nostalgic heartstrings that kind of pull at it just a little bit, and and, and it shouldn't. But it's one of oh, those, man. every few years I'll revisit it because there is just a little something about it. There's a little bit of charm.
0: You know what? Like, I mean, the the fucking movie was so bad. I mean, I'd already thrown tomatoes at it, and when I saw Skeletor, I'm like, kind of like Chip Diamond in the... Psh- you know, videos on YouTube. <laughs> I look at Skeletor. Unreal. Kind of shake my head, and I'm like, yeah. You Doesn't even said, matter. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Doesn't even matter. Yeah, you look I like, hear you. Your fucking movie, everything about everything you're in right now is fucking it. So, fuck you.
1: No, and that's fair. And that's fair. But, like I said, uh, yeah, I didn't know that they had some uh,
0: reboots,
1: reimaginings, or whatever a couple times over with uh, Mm. the cartoon and comic and um, it it was, this was interesting. And this was honestly, it was a lot more informative and interesting than what I thought. Mm. Uh, The whole aspect where like Mattel had first crack at the star Wars figurines and they passed Mm. and Kenner got it. It's just like, Oh, Oh, what a bonehead, you know, decision. But then you, you know, with the help, kind of with the Conan the Barbarian movies with Arnold and just a couple other collaborative ideas that they concocted and melded together. They came up with this and something that was totally original and they came up with backstories and all this other stuff that didn't really line up after the fact, but it all worked and it didn't matter. You know, they came up with a super unique figurine toy at the time and it, it was just, like most things that catch fire, it was it was the timing was right. Right. And it I, blows I had to get these things.
0: Oh, I did too. It blows my mind that something like that being so hot is just I don't know, mismanaged to the point where it it falls from grace so quickly. Like
1: I just don't understand how there's so much of a disconnect there. Hmm. Are you really that out of tune with what the masses are wanting, you know. I know they started oh, yeah. mass producing characters and like using the same templates with different paint schemes, color schemes, and I mean, well, and that's what they did with Battle Cat. It was actually, a, what was it, a big gym toy that came with yep. the Tiger Cat yes, it thing, was. and yep. they just repainted it. and The guy actually suggested just throw some yellow stripes and paint it green, and it'll be fine. and you know, as a yeah. smart ass, just you know, being a dick comment, and that's what they did. And
0: <laughs> yeah, slap the saddle on it and the fucking headgear, and boom. Yeah. yeah,
1: no, and it's no. This was that was actually a lot more entertaining of a watch than I thought it was going to be. Like, I I got I got drawn into it all the way. I ended up having to take a little bit of a break because I had to take Haley to soccer practice, but. Uh, Mm -hmm. As soon as I got back to the house, we got settled in. I finished up the last, like, 20-some minutes of it Mm -hmm. to get it in. And, uh, yeah, that that, was a
0: good one. The only thing with it that kind of dragged was I had just watched the Toys That Made Us episode about He-Man before that came out, I think. At least within the same year. I mean, they were pretty close together. And it was pretty much the same story retold, you know, a little bit of extra. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean... He Man was essential in my childhood. That was that was my toy. It was He Man. That was my childhood favorite action figure was my He Man series. I had my G.I. Joe's, but it, He-Man Yeah, I was going to say He
1: Man, G.I. Joe's. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Turtles. Yeah. Uh they they were super relevant. Yeah. And then after that, I think video games kinda
0: took hold with me. We're in the same, we're in the <laughs> same yeah. year yeah. yeah. Going
1: back to playing with the figurines and creating your own scenarios and, sure. you know, you have, you're basically, you're writing, directing, producing, yeah. you know, your oh, own yeah. stories with your figurines and, I mean, it was a simpler time. Some people may argue that it was a better time. Uh, I'd be inclined on just about any given day of the week to agree with that sentiment. But uh, yeah, it's something that's lost today with, I think, today's youth because everything's all digital and there's no physical media anymore. It doesn't even matter to them. And I'm just like, while I recognize and appreciate the convenience of streaming and the multiple streaming you know, services yeah. that we have access to, going back to the last blockbuster, there is something to be said about actually holding, possessing feeling, smelling, you know, whatever it is, whether it's Mm -hmm. a VHS, an eight track, a cassette tape, a DVD, it doesn't matter. But yeah, man, it's like, I I hate that for this younger generation, but I feel like this is, you know, it's, it's different things that we're discussing, but it's the same story, just a different variation of that our parents felt towards us, you know, because I know it was like the beginning, like, oh, go outside and go play. Don't be inside playing your yeah. Nintendo, you know? Um,
0: I'd I love nothing more when I was a kid to go out in the fucking sandbox and take my Hot, Hot Wheels. Or if I wanted to take my He-Man, I'd take my He-Man.
1: You're damn but, right. Uh,
0: I'd build my fucking tracks around in the sand and You're make damn right. tunnels and bridges. Did you ever,
1: and, did you, ever uh, you know, come up with a crossover and make He-Man and G.I. Joe have a little universe together for a little bit?
0: Well, not really, because then you got, well, yeah, I'm sure I did, yeah, because you'd have the small people and the big people, and yeah, they, they intersected a couple of times. Uh, I think I I realized it was stupid after the first time, and then it was kind of null and void after that, but I used to like to, you know, yeah, have some pretty good battles between my G.I. Joes and between my He-Man, but not, not at the same time, yeah. Okay. It well, happened. Nah. It happened once, twice, maybe. Okay. That's cool. It's a reach okay. for me to recall my my playtime creativity. But, yeah, I, I mean, it probably got weird a time or two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I never had any Thundercats, though. I would have intermixed Thundercats with He-Man before. I, I,
1: I didn't either. J's. Yeah. I had
0: Transformers,
1: and I think I had a couple GoBots, and I'm pretty sure that there was...
0: You know, I'm sure that's blasphemous. You know, but yeah. All right, so I got a real documentary. Uh, Roar. Have you ever heard of the movie Roar from 1981? Is this the movie
1: where there were actually actors and actresses that were injured on set? Yes. Oh, Melanie Griffith. Yes. Okay. Tippy Hed. i Tippy Hedren from The Birds. Okay, yes, I've never seen it, but yes, I've, I've, yes, obviously, I'm aware of it.
0: Well, in 2017, they made a documentary called Roar, the most dangerous movie ever made, and it tells the story of the making of it, and it is an absolute shit show. These people fucking had no business doing this. Uh, there's no reason why two or more of them aren't dead, but they all survived. It's It's one of the most fucked up film productions that ever happened, and ever will happen because now it wouldn't even be allowed besides john landis
1: on twilight zone
0: well obviously people actually got killed in that uh <laughs>
1: sorry that was my uh anti-john landis obligatory yeah. comment for the episode
0: moving I, on now i appreciate that But, yeah, Roar, I watched this documentary about it, and I I haven't seen the movie itself, but, I mean, you you get the idea from the documentary that, yeah, this is insane. I mean, there was, like, 30 or 40 lions, tigers, cougars, mountain lions, all this shit living together, just walking around freely in their their bungalow in the middle of the, uh, looks like the jungle, but I guess it's in California. Um, Wow. It just baffles me. Is, to... this, is this streaming anywhere? Yes, it's on uh, Discovery+. Plus. Oh, okay. Well, I don't have
1: that, but, well, there you go, listeners, if you want to check that out, if you're familiar with the movie, or if you aren't, and this has kind of piqued your interest, because I'll be honest with you, uh, I almost want to kind of see the documentary now before I see the movie.
0: Yeah, that's the way I would go. Of course, I haven't seen the movie, so I'm just guessing, but uh, yeah. doc. Discovery Plus is free for you know a week or so, and I think it's only four ninety nine. After that, oh, okay, uh, okay, it's worth checking out because they've got all the Discovery Channel stuff. They've got all the old Steve Irwin, Crocodile Hunters, and Croakey, a lot of good stuff. The ID Channel stuff, I love. Oh, like,
1: okay, yeah, crime scene stuff.
0: Yeah, I like. Oh, yeah. What's the one with the cameras? See no evil. They do. You know, each episode is backtracking with the camera locations nearby a murder, where they catch the killer coming and going, and then they follow, they trace their steps. You know, back to the next location with a camera, and then they, you know, they'll go in a gas station, they'll see their face, and they'll ID him that way. And it's kind of neat. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah, man.
0: Anyway, oh yeah,
1: that sounds interesting as hell because uh, yeah, I am familiar with it. I heard about it, and uh, yeah, Yeah,
0: documentary's fun. Oh yeah,
1: well that's cool. I mean, because I don't know, I I I like going into a little, you know, a documentary dive because I feel like between the all the streaming services that I have, you know, the watch lists that I have between them all, I, I probably have at least a handful, half a dozen documentaries just on the ready that i can go to and uh
0: yeah i'm always down for a good documentary dude i wish i'd put the orange ears on some streaming app i don't know where
1: oh is that the nickelodeon one yeah the Nickelodeon channel
0: yeah i've watched yeah. it it's really good <laughs> yeah. is it i
1: still want to see the quentin tarantino documentary man documentaries dude i'm all about it all right tell me right now best documentary you've ever seen go
0: in search of darkness
1: you're goddamn right it is <laughs> <laughs> into, know, eight hours uh, dude it's ah it's glorious oh my god
0: i'm sure everybody knows now what the uh joe bob Briggs premiere of season three is but when we recorded this, we were, what? Just a few days, half a week? <laughs> no, we're like two days away. It's this Friday. We're recording on a Wednesday. Oh, uh, okay. It's right around the corner. Anyway, Eli Roth is a guest on Joe Bob Riggs' Last Drive-In, season three premiere. And it's been teased that it's movies that inspired Eli Roth.
1: Well, and I heard that one of the movies was filmed near where he grew up that was a major influence on him. And I guess one of the rumors, uh, it's going to be mother's day, the trauma movie from, oh. him, I think was it 84.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So I yeah, that. yeah, I, I I'm on board with that. Have you seen mother's day? It's
1: been a while. I, I did see it. It's, it was a one-time view and it's been a while since I got back to it. So, well, it's, it's been forever since I got back to it cause I haven't got back to it. So
0: yeah, no, it's, it's a one-time view. You're right. <clears> hmm. <throat> It's fun though I mean it's uh it's a sleazy shitty fucking horror movie but you'll you'll laugh you'll be like yeah this is far out yeah uh I did
1: see the remake it was also a once watch uh, a one time watch yeah has Rebecca d Mornay in it <laughs> never heard of him <laughs> well <laughs> it's a loose remake i mean they didn't follow the exact so it's a reimagining yeah it's a reboot it's a reboot there we go it's a reboot not a remake whatever oh, uh there's so many different terms i gotta keep up with <laughs> well i mean okay if you were on a fantasy book a double billing feature for an episode this year for uh the last drive-in i mean what would you
0: pick and I'd like to see uh that one we reviewed uh, about the snakes oh s- yeah some s-
1: seven counts is seven. Se- from seventy three <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and that was a that was a fun review. I just hated our audio was shit on that episode because that that was actually a really cool
0: movie, man. It really was. That was fun. Can't be fun. Let's put that with the Torture Garden with Burgess mm-hmm. Meredith, the anthology. It's kind yeah, of that. I've not left. seen
1: that. You've recommended that, but yeah.
0: they both got the carnival feel, so it kind of puts me in the mind that those two belong together.
1: Oh yeah, it, it could
0: go with the fun house also. Okay. Yeah.
1: Who who would you have guest uh be a guest on there? I mean if you had oh. the to...
0: Is Dirk still around?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Okay.
0: Birds of is not still around, so torture garden uh, there's not gonna be room if yeah. that's still alive. I'm gonna
1: say uh Strother Martin's not alive, Heather Menzies isn't alive, so yeah. Dirk Benedict's it. Yeah. That <laughs> motherfucker beat cancer on his own. Yeah. <laughs> I'm crazy, dude. And he some, just he just he just basically willed it away. He's like, you know what? I'm not gonna have this anymore. Bye, and it went away. It's awesome. Wow, can't call him a bullshit artist. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> God bless him. Uh, uh, all right. Well, okay. If I was gonna personally have my own fantasy booking on this, I would love a guest spot from John Carpenter. <gasps> Shocker. And I would love a double feature of Starman and Big Trouble in Little China, not Halloween Three. Dude, he is so anti-Halloween Three that I don't know that Darcy's going to be able to crack that fucking code, man.
0: That's yeah. the season finale right there. Yeah, I mean, I I'm all I'm all for it.
1: Make it the new Halloween Hoot Nanny, you know? I mean, she got him to do fucking Heather's, which I thought was like, wow, wow. Because that's not even a horror movie. (laughs) It's a good movie. It's worth a watch. It's interesting.
0: But it's not a horror movie. Yeah, no, I didn't appreciate that at all. That was my favorite.
1: As a last drive-in viewing, disappointing. As a movie just to watch, yeah, check that out, you know. But very not what you would expect from Joe Bob, you know. That's very much Darcy influence there. And and I don't know. And, and I'm with you, man. I really hope that she's able to wear on them and, you know, we get a Halloween three last drive in episode because, dude, I'm, I'll am i be all in on that. Yeah. Just to hear her gush over it and to hear him shit all over it. Just to hear it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I you know?
1: agree. Just to hear it.
0: Yeah. That'd be the, the first week I boo the shit out of Joe Bob. But yeah. <laughs> boo this man. Ooh, Joe Bobbis Bob went full heel. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: man. Hell yeah, dude. All right, well, check out our good friends Aaron and Justin over at the Raisin Horror, the Psycho Siblings podcast, where they review all things horror all the time. On the 8th, they reviewed The Autopsy of Jane Doe, and upcoming here in a couple days, they are going to review The Void. I still haven't gotten to it yet, but there's still hope. It's on my watch list. I might get to it in time. But you got to give them a listen if you haven't already. You can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Raised and Horror. Find them now on your favorite podcasting app, Horror Movie Fans. All right, Hitchhikers. This concludes our review of, well... <laughs> I mean, it really wasn't a review at all. I guess it was just just a big old bullshit session of two grossly underpaid and underappreciated bargain
0: basement movie critics. We should just call this episode WTF Twenty
1: Twenty One. much. Well, be on the lookout for new announcements and updates on our Facebook page, Nostalgia Highway Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at HighwayNHP. Check out our letterbox profiles. The King's is Patriarch Nineteen Seventy Nine, and mine is Matt Log Sixteen. Give us a follow if you want. We'll follow you back. Uh, If you haven't already, check out the Letterboxd app. It's awesome. And, of course, we want to give recognition and thanks to Sean, Jackson and Cody Jones for the theme music they composed for the show. And join us next time, whenever that may be. Our hopes are for late May, but at the latest, we should be back up and running early June with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990 and Big Trouble in Little China. And maybe a little something else uh, for the Opposites
0: Track theme that we got coming up. So, I don't know. Stay tuned. Yeah, I hope some asshole tries to tell me that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990 is not a solid 8 to 9 out of 10 movie. I am Dave Red.
1: <laughs> and I am the Mayor, Matt Lux. And Signing off, we thank you once again for hitching right along with us. And we'll pick you up next time, out on the highway, soon. Soon.
0: Soon. Soon. Yeah.
1: Soon. Yeah. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> All right. Fucking tie a bow on it. <laughs>